0: to sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress what say you pray for yeah. you are all Hello, and welcome to the Debate of the Dead podcast. Good evening, good morning, good Monday. We are getting started on this week with a hefty, hefty movie. Uh, This is a movie, this is actually a short film, which is a little off the beaten path for this podcast, but this is a short film I respect and enjoy so much and I think deserves a good Analytical uh perspective about it, and frankly, I want more people to see this. It's 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 kind of old. It's from 2011. Today, we are talking about a little short film called "The Strange Thing About the Johnsons." Here with me to discuss this hefty, hefty 30 minute endeavor is my good friend William Wilson. Hey, Will.
1: What's up? My name's How Will. I'm pretty fucking good. I am a little horrified because I just had to rewatch this short.
0: Me too. Me too. And it's been a while since I last watched it, but it was really fresh in my mind, too. So I'm like, yep, this is this is about what I remember. Um, this is when I rewatch probably once a year. I mean, it's so short, so easy to rewatch, too. Yeah. But um, this short film is directed by somebody I guarantee just about anybody listening to this podcast knows. Uh who here has heard of a little man named Ari Aster, director of *Hereditary* and *Midsummer*? Because that is the genius mind who brought us this short film all the way back. It's one of his first uh, works. The little little short backstory behind it is he was attending a graduate film school, and all of the other short film submissions were like such clear Oscar bait, as he described it. He didn't he didn't like how. Um, safe everything was so he was like what can I do to really shake it up what how can I stand out and boy did he swing so far into left field that I think we came back around to being right
1: yeah Uh, and honestly I think it's fascinating because I didn't know that about like the backstory of that and I think it's he definitely held true to his vision of it is it is disgusting it's out of left field you'll never see something like this again
0: agree uh before we before we get too too deep and really start the podcast today i do want to start this one off with a potential trigger warning because this movie uh it's a short film but i'm gonna say movie because it's just easier to say in conversation but this movie deals with some hefty hefty topics this is not a a particularly fun movie this is not a popcorn flick this is a psychologically taxing movie so i just want to if you haven't seen it take 30 minutes to go watch it because i mean as you know we're about to spoil the hell out of it but also i just i just wanted to make that clear because this movie deals with a lot so a quick quick little trigger warning because some just a few topics that this movie deals with and henceforth uh this podcast will be diving into is uh sexual assault rape and incest and it doesn't quite stop there that's just what i'm gonna put out there so for basically this episode is not for the faint of heart um so i will not be offended if you dip out if i look on my little app and it's like audience retention rate one minute (laughs) i will not be offended because this is a hefty movie but that is what makes it so good to talk about and discuss and debate and dissect so without further ado let's start talking about the uh the debate of the name of my podcast let's start talking about the strange thing about the johnsons so the movie starts (laughs) and it starts in such an interesting way because the immediate first shot of the movie is a young kid, probably somewhere between the ages of like 12 to 15, I would, I'd say. Yeah, yeah like, like 15, 16, probably. Yeah, definitely not an old child. And this child is uh, jerking off, discovering the joyous world of masturbation for himself.
1: Which uh, right out of the gate lets you know exactly what you're getting into. Because I think it's a, especially a bold start to just open up the gates with a kid jacking it.
0: Yeah, like that is definitely an unconventional movie uh, opening. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I cannot say I can think of any other movies that even try to go so much similar. But yes, that is the opening scene. And then there is a knock at the door to which the boy's father comes in and it's it's the standard like oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you and and like oh my god why didn't you not well he did knock but you know like privacy interrupted so the father quickly dips out of there it it's an awkward situation for sure uh but the awkwardness only grows tenfold here because instead of Bringing it up later or dealing with this issue at literally any other time, the father almost instantly re enters the room to have the talk with his son.
1: Yeah. Um, which and also, it, it, uh, before it, he gets in there, I think the funniest thing about the scene is the kid, it, he doesn't even, like, try to make an excuse. He's like, I'm cleaning in here. Like, that's, it's yes, so low oh effort.
0: My it's so funny that he says he's cleaning as he's, like, laying in a bed underneath a cover. He's like, I'm cleaning. Like, <laughs> but also, I get it Because I, I think of, like, times in my past where, where something like that, where I've been caught off guard and I try to quickly come up with an excuse. And I'm like, that was... Of all the excuses, that was maybe not the best one to come up with off the top of my head. So it's that panic brain of like, ah, uh, I'm cleaning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I get it. It was so time, fucking funny. Yeah, like you couldn't have come up with anything better. You're clearly
1: um, not doing, and you're cleaning some pipes, I guess. But like, <laughs>
0: come uh, on, yeah, oh, yeah, he's 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 cleaning out his own pipes. But um, so I guess he didn't technically lie. But uh, yeah yeah so father comes in sits and this is oh my god see there's so much to talk about with this movie this it 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 starts off you're you're uncomfortable from the second this movie starts i mean this is a horror movie that has a runtime of 29 minutes and in those 29 minutes they managed to throw you on such a psychological roller coaster it is insane and i i cannot believe more people did not Look at this and go, oh my god! This filmmaker is going to go somewhere because uh, someone who did is double toasted. If you know that channel, he called this shit years ago, and I'm so proud of him. He was like, that yeah, it's going to go somewhere.
1: And it, you'd be hard pressed to find any short that uses its entire runtime. Like, there's usually some padding. There's there's usually something in there. This short this. uses every
0: single second. Every second. It's and it's it's. It, it, I frankly I find it captivating. So the father sits down on the bed next to the child who probably still has at least half a chub at this point, because (laughs) it's so soon after he uh, like left the room and came back in and it's It's uncomfortable because of what is happening, but at the same time, the father is saying things like, oh, I want you to know that this is normal, and people do this all all the time, it's very common, Uh, this is nothing to be ashamed about, so it's like, this is very sex positive and a good message, but it's also weird because he's so close to, like, His son in this scene, and 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 even the conversation kissing him on the cheek, and you're like, okay, like that's not inherently wrong, but she literally has his dick in his hands. Like, what are the? It's so odd. Like this conversation
1: definitely could have waited till after the fact. The after the fact that he's done doing that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Like he could have brought this up later. He could. You know, like uh, any other time. But uh, no, he decided to nip it in the bud right away. And and he, you get the intention because he's even like, I didn't want you to feel ugly or anything now that I've caught you. Like, you know, like you you shouldn't feel ashamed about doing this. I'm sorry that I walked into your bedroom and, and broke your personal boundary. So it's like a very interesting, like, OK, dad, come on. Cool, cool father uh, yeah. dynamic for a second.
1: Like he 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 very clearly is like trying to do like the very good dad thing, but the very the timing of it, is, of it is just incredibly misplaced. He did the worst possible thing at that moment.
0: Definitely, definitely, and he and he's like explaining the concept of taboo, and you know the scene is going at a normal pace. Like you're, it, it, it's a lot to take in because the situation is so jarring, especially for the opening scene. But it isn't full off the rails like it will later be
1: yeah which i also like contents of the scene aside i think the one thing that really solidifies this just as like incredibly unsettling is the fact that there's no music at all so when there's a pause or a silence you're just you're stuck in them you're stuck in that moment with them you're you're feeling it which i think is also a really good direction to have no music there just to let that sit with you
0: i agree and and you know maybe that might not even be intentional that could be a budget thing that could be that could be intentional uh but at this either whichever it's still effective i would say uh and so the father whose name is um isaiah I, no isaiah's the kid what's the father's name? sydney sydney um and the sydney the dad is like has the conversation with them tells him that he has nothing to be ashamed of and that what he's doing is completely natural and then leaves says I love you the kid says like or the kid says excuse me the kid says I love you and the dad's like I love you back son and then he walks out of the room and the kid is like holding a picture because this came out in like 2011 it's a little I, I wouldn't say pre-internet, but I think it's... But it was
1: definitely the age still of, like, flip phones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, people aren't... It makes sense that this kid has, like, a paper... It's not... He's not looking at, like, porn on his phone. He's looking at, like, a paper material, you know? Uh, like, if it was time. porn,
1: it would be, like, a magazine or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's like, holding this paper of what he was masturbating to and we see that it Sorry. is a picture of his father and that is where you hear like the in your head like the insidious like record scratch you're like yeah, that's this is the point where people just go and I guarantee people clicked off of this thing as soon as instantly instantly Uh, because I mean it's you're like uh, right away you're like uh, oh This movie does not give a fuck. We we are going into subject matter, honey.
1: (laughs) Which, like, it's also a kind of a masterful hook in the sense of, like, that is so jarring that you kind of want to see what
0: the rest of it has to offer. Definitely. And and it's so easy for this to be comedic and i think some people actually a lot of people probably would argue that this short film is comedic and funny but i i challenge people to see to look a little deeper and ask yourself are you laughing because there's genuine comedy in this or are you laughing because you're so uncomfortable at the horrible situation that you've been presented with that you straight up just don't know what to do other than be like (laughs) that is so fucked up and laugh yeah,
1: like it, I feel like it genuinely has like the color palette and the like cadence of definitely it could be a black comedy of like yeah. it is just so bleak. But it, the fact that it really doesn't dive into that and plays it straight makes it
0: more unsettling. I agree, and and also aside film the the plot and everything aside, can we also just take a moment to respect and appreciate that in two thousand eleven he Ari Aster made this short film with. I think in all black cast, is there a single white person in this movie? I don't think so.
1: I think there's like one and he just walks by. Yeah, like like an
0: extra or something. So that is. Yeah. Shout out to that. We love an all black cast thriving. And and on in the acting in this is not bad. I personally do not think it's bad at all. I There's some moments where I'm like, oh, that was a little yeah, I think but there are the some most-
1: points where it's like a little bit rough, but I think again, like you'd be hard pressed to find a short that has
0: better acting. Yeah, and 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 you do have to like kind of consider that this is a essentially student film. So right. I mean, the fact that he was able to do this much, uh, have this good a direction and and writing and acting and every everything, it's just like wow, damn! And like I, I I'm I wish when I was younger I had the sense to like understand the creation of films. Cause I would have been all over this Ari Aster guy following him uh, like crazy. But, and obviously, as we know, he went on to be something uh, quite famous with hereditary and midsummer and yeah. everything else. who knows what great epic he'll bring us next. But any, anyway, back to, back to reeling it in. So we are introduced with the plot line uh, of a son, essentially being in love with and sexually attracted to his father. Uh, So now maybe we're understanding why I introduced a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode.
1: To which it kind of also highlights the definite uh, mental illness this kid has, which I will just straight up just call incestuous relationships and illness, because that's not.
0: I mean, yeah, definitely. This movie does a pretty good job painting a picture that the kid is like. Clearly fully in the broken, wrong, fully in the wrong, and like just psychologically broken as a person. Well, I'm probably not for. I mean, you know, his villain origin story isn't <laughs> delved into that much. But, yeah, um, yeah, and so we we get this nice little time jump montage where we see a family photo being taken of the kid whose name is Isaiah, the father Sydney, and his mother Joan. And uh, it, it, that's what I mean, like this is 30 seconds and there's still so much unraveled in this 30. Sec- it's so impressive from a, a filmmaking standpoint. But he uses every second, every second, nonstop. You cannot look away. There's no go to the bathroom and pee moment. There's this is oh, it's so impressive. And that's the thing, too. Like if you if you watch this and don't like it, you've wasted 30 minutes of your life. That's it. And like I think you-
1: even if you do hate the subject matter, watch it for how it's made, because I think agree, especially for the skill level, it is masterfully made.
0: Agree. Absolutely agree. 100%. And, and it's kind of funny uh, looking at this now in 2022, 11 years later, uh, after he's made his two breakout hits, Hereditary Midsummer, because it's like, wow, you can actually see some of his directorial signatures starting to blossom in this little fucked up masterpiece (laughs) yeah um but this this time jumpy montage that is presented is really cool because it's only less than a minute long ish and it it starts with the family photo being taken like i said and the the kid is like staring so intently at the father and it's like very uncomfortable like the mother quite literally has to take his face and like reposition it towards the camera because they're taking like a family portrait like a family photo um, and then there's a nice bright flash of the camera and we jump ahead to what is very clearly the son's wedding day very very good use of show don't tell i mean everybody's in suits you know she's in a wedding dress he's got her arm around her it's looking great but what i love about this little transition is in the in the family portrait the kid is just smile uh, 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 like smiling at the dad, but then once he gets his, has to turn his face towards the camera, it's more of like a I don't know if I'd say frown, but the smile goes away, uh, and the dad is smiling quite uh, like you know well and and cheesy at the camera because and then when we flash ahead to this wedding day, the kid who's obviously now grown up is smiling like ear to ear but the father is so broken in the face. like you could tell that man has just been through it because it is it's worse than a frown it's like a cold yeah, it's, dead stare
1: i think it tells a lot without saying at all like you can clearly tell Agree. that they've been he's been through
0: it Yes, and, and I almost wonder if they put makeup on him because, like, even his eyes are, like, more sunken in. And, and you can just tell right off the bat that this is a broken – man. like, faking happiness isn't even there. It's just – it's simply just existing and going with the motions.
1: He is just a shell of who he used to be. And, like, props to the actor because he really, really sells that dead look.
0: Yes, yes. According to IMDb, his name is Billy Mayo, which – great (laughs) icon icon i I think i've seen him in one other thing i couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head but i remember seeing his face and being like oh my god that's the guy from strange thing about the johnson but i've never seen anyone else in anything uh from this little short in anything else which is a shame because like i said the acting is not bad. like it's just um uh it's all around really solid yeah, it is, and, and and there's a few moments you could nitpick for sure, but for the most part, I I do think it's good. Um, but yeah, it's it's 14 years later, and we are we are at timestamp four minutes on the dot into this movie, and we have already introduced incest, sexual assault, and I uh, just disassociation, disassociation. Yeah, uh, like this is just. 4 minutes and we already have so much subject matter to unpack and you and like you said it's a great hook because you're just like where are we going to go with this
1: and it very clearly is going to take you on an unrelenting ride agree like as, agree, far, agree, as agree. much as you want the, the brakes to be hit it's going to go faster
0: yes um and and i and i love it it's it's a fast paced short little adventure and you know we see uh this wedding photographer taking a picture of the kid okay now is also a good time because i i don't want this to be about sexuality really because obviously a son being attracted to his father is like a, a homosexual relationship and the guy is marrying a woman so that's a heterosexual relationship and there's definitely something to unpack there but i don't
1: I kind of want to pause it to you. Do you think that it is to keep up appearances or do you think that he actually feels anything for that woman?
0: I, I think it is to keep up appearance, and And this is what I like about this movie. I is even, even when I was super young and saw this for the first, I saw this for the first time when I was in middle school. So I mean, what is that? 12, 13, maybe 14 at the absolute latest. So very, very pre coming out of the closet days, like even, Even then, I was able to look at this and not get caught up in the homo slash heterosexualness of it all. And I'm really, and I'm saying this as like a a tribute to Ari Aster because it could have been so easy to to victimize uh, homosexuality. Sorry, not uh, victimize, villainize. Yeah, sorry, villainize homosexuality with this storyline and this kind of a piece. And I really don't think it does because it. this is a story that just transcends sexuality in itself. So when it comes to this wife, I I, I do think it is to keep up appearances or maybe he does kind of want that like normal life, that uh, normal being like what most people experience and what has probably been shoved to him as the ideal lifestyle. Uh, but he's it's it, this movie shows that he is so in his head committed to his father that 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 is the only being he's really truly attracted to yeah. you know and uh, so i mean if he was marrying uh, a dude if he was marrying this woman if he was married like i i think it's all irrelevant because it, it's just like you like you said it's it's to keep up appearances and stay uh because it, it this movie doesn't paint Isaiah as being able to show affection or empathy towards really anyone, but especially anyone other than his father.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, and my, this is just my theory. I think that I, I think, yes, I think it is to keep up appearances. I genuinely don't think that he loves this woman at all. Like you said, I don't think he feels anything for everyone, anyone, except for his dad. But I also think that, in order to keep up appearances, I think he also did this because I think he has a control issue. And yeah. I think that it even is it present near the end of the movie, but I think he just likes the idea of having someone to control and to like manipulate. And it just goes so far to the end of this.
0: I, I agree. And they, they definitely paint him is in this light because there's clearly a lot uh That is a little off balance in Mr. Isaiah's head here. But uh, yeah, he is seen to be extremely controlling and manipulative throughout this whole um, movie. Pretty much every step that he takes is is calculated and and it has the ulterior motive of how can I be in charge of this situation? You know? Right. Like, how
1: can I make this turn my way
0: right 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 so um yeah we and so we're now in adulthood and we see that this abuse is most definitely continued on because at while the picture is being taken so imagine like five people uh in a straight line looking at a camera so and they've all got their hands around each other's shoulders um, the son is standing next to the father because, <laughs> of course, and uh, he he says, oh, thanks for everything, Pop. And his hand, we the camera lingers and we watch the hand go from the shoulder down to the booty as he grabs a little feel. Grabbing some cheek, grabbing some cheek on the wedding day at the wedding. And, and they're probably so this is why that scene in the beginning is so Uh, layered because the in in, in, this whole movie kind of begs the question uh to the audience of when did this all start and how because obviously we see that the kid is like jerking off to his dad which is like crazy and but at the same time the kid maybe doesn't know better because he's so young i mean i'm sure he knows better but i'm not trying to make excuses for him but Uh, What I'm getting at is the father comes in. He's like, oh, what you're doing is perfectly natural. Referring to the act of masturbation itself, not the fact because he doesn't know at that point that he's masturbating to him. So the kid is hearing this conversation about like, oh, this is perfectly natural. This isn't I don't want this to be taboo. And he's seeing the whole picture, whereas the father is not.
1: Yeah, I think exactly what you just said. I think the fact that his dad came in and said this is normal. I think in the son's head that went, "Oh, Jack, and it's my dad. That's great."
0: Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the kid, uh, the, the 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 father doesn't know <laughs> the source material and the extent of the situation. So I, I I think that's definitely a part of what's maybe going through the kid's head at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, and then the son here, Isaiah could not resist uh, sexually assaulting his father because in the middle of the wedding reception, uh, there's a point where everybody's, you know, uh, sitting around eating, drinking, laughing. The mother is kind of walking around visiting with all the various groups of people being like, how are you doing? You know, you, you get you get some of the food yet? Like all that, all that good jazz, normal friendliness
1: I also want to say in this sequence, too, this mm-hmm. one shot is beautifully shot.
0: Yes, yes, that is something. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because this is, in fact, a one take and it's it's it, I al- always just respect a one because it's, it's almost like theater. You, you get one shot, every single extra it's outdoors. So all the environment has to be right. The continuity has to be right. And, and this can, it's not like this is a static camera that's staying in one spot and just kind of panning. Like it's fully doing 360 degrees rotations around characters. It's like a puzzle piece, you know, every yeah. single human in this scene, every single fucking flower on the trees in the plants everything has to be perfect 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 for the shot to make sense and everyone has to hit their mark perfectly in order for it to work and they do and that's so fucking impressive for it's this just, little 30 minute student film and it's just incredibly
1: ambitious even for a short
0: Yes, yes. And it's 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 little things like this that I really wish I would have seen this for the first time with a more developed mind to be mind to be like, this guy's going. So like this is a filmmaker who we got to get him in the in the business. You know, we got to get him a feature film because that ready. was,
1: I think, the moment where like when I watched this for the first time, I was like, this guy is going somewhere because this shot is so intricate and it's hard long. to fucking make.
0: I, I'm like, got it up on my second screen and it, it goes on for 60 seconds. At least I want to say uh, it it is a detailed shot and it's cool. which It's great. Which like for
1: a minute of film, like that doesn't sound a lot on paper, even just watching it. But when you're making
0: it, that's your whole day. You literally, I'm sure this was a whole day of shooting for sure. Easily. I could see it being multiple days, even potentially. Um, but yeah, because like every little thing just has to go according to plan for it to work. Um, But yeah, it is, it is extremely, technically very impressive. Um, But yeah, so it ends this, this beautiful one take ends with the mother kind of hearing some strange noises from behind a closed off uh, fenced area. Cause I I think they're at their home probably like, it seems like it's their backyard.
1: Yeah. yeah, It seems like a, like a dolled up backyard
0: yeah there's like a pool you know the house has got like open doors so it's probably like their little storage garage area car park ish moment you know doesn't matter the yeah. point is they're behind closed doors uh, uh, behind a fence and there's a little peephole in the fence so joan the mother walks up to it puts her eye to it and you you just as an audience of course we we most likely know what's going on and because it's it, you hear like moaning sounds um So you're like, oh, I think we know what's going on behind here. But the mother is about to see it. And it's a dreadful shot because you're like, oh, no, she's going to. Oh, no, not this. You know, like it's one of those things
1: where, like, you know what's about to happen. You know, it's coming, but you're still terrified of seeing it
0: exactly and it, and it, and it kind of edges your own like suspense like it makes you feel just like icky but that's the best kind of horror movie and that's why this one deserves to be looked at and talked about um and Which I, I, I do appreciate- have things to Go say ahead.
1: about this scene specifically but i'll okay, save yeah. that for the end
0: okay okay um yeah so she she looks through the peephole and sees uh, sydney her husband and isaiah her son and Isaiah is this is a pretty rough, uh rough me- being like visually, clear depiction of sexual assault. I mean, we see it. The father is just broken, standing there completely motionless, dead face, just like like a deer in headlights. like he's seen a ghost. He's so pale in the face and everything.
1: he, he is and, fully disassociated through this. He is yeah. not there
0: no not at all and, the, and this actor Mr Mayo over here really sells it like that's I'm like this movie is not poorly acted at all no. and the son Isaiah is just going to town at him like an animal he's like kissing his neck he's like taking off his clothes he's like furiously ripping off his pants it's like aggressive and it's not pleasant to see in any way shape or form and uh, we as the audience just had to witness it along with joan the mother who kind of this is this is a wild moment because she's like she she i i don't even i think this is so psychologically traumatizing and taxing on her psyche that she just doesn't even know how to process it that she fully just goes nope not right now not today this is all these pe- all these nice people are here. This this is the day of my son's wedding. We are not. Nope, we're not doing this today. It's not. Yeah, not it, it.
1: it's like one of those things where like you see a car coming and it's like fight, flight or freeze. She froze.
0: She froze exactly. She she froze. And and uh, jumping ahead of myself just a little bit here. It, it does. a lot lot of this mom's character is trying to figure out when it started so at this point you're thinking uh she's probably thinking like because there's no way this is something that could have been ignored maybe she didn't know the full extent of what was going on but there's there's no way she didn't have an inkling that something was up and wrong and off you know yeah. Uh, between like just just mother's intuition and, and just being in the same house as them 24 seven. I mean, this is a man who couldn't wait 24 hours during during his literal wedding to uh, uh, assault and th- his father. So, I mean, let alone what they were doing at the house. I mean, I'm sure moral of the story is the mom had to have some kind of skepticism that something was going on and now in this moment it is it is confirmed visually right there her worst fears are coming true it and it's so we there's so much going on in the scene that we you almost don't even have time to think about how this bears on her because she's married to this man and this is her son so it's like the two basically the two most important people in her life are in are are I don't Betraying her D trust. Anymore. Betraying her trust to say the least. Yes. um, And, and she's probably suspected it for a while. And then here it is all coming to a head right here. Do you, I mean, she literally it probably she's probably in some kind of uh, uh, psychoactive shock.
1: Yeah. And I do think like I'm not saying this as like she should have done anything right then. But I feel like it would if that was the case. I don't think that she would have needed the visual confirmation to confront them beforehand.
0: Yes, that's true. And 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 this is this is a tough situation. And this this is the best kind of horror. This is the best kind of filmmaking. It is you can't just sit here and be like the mom's a bad person. She didn't do anything. And you can't be like the mom's a good person because she tried to stop it. It is such this is not a black and white issue. You. This is a morally muddly, gray situ. I mean, eh, not morally gray in this. Like, it's obviously morally wrong and whatnot. But the mom. I mean, you know, do you do you blame her for not doing anything, or is she a victim of being in the same? roof is this abuse and and who knows the extent of what the son has done to her because right. we've seen that he's quite aggressive with her and, and doesn't d- just not nice to her in any way she performs so and he's he even slaps her later so we don't know that that's the first time that he's ever done that struck Right, like
1: and that. also like you said i also love this because i wouldn't say that everyone is necessarily a good person but i think it is it portrays them in a way where it's
0: like um where am I trying to go with this? It's like. These feel like real human beings. Yeah. Processing traumatic events, not caricatures going through stereotypes.
1: Yeah, And, and it's not that like they're, they're all making necessarily bad decisions, but they're all culpable because none of them did anything about it.
0: Right. Right. Uh, absolutely. And And this movie doesn't try to hide that it doesn't try to make her look like a super mom or anything you know it does kind of point a little bit of the blame on her and in her, she herself brings it up uh because later on it, it it comes up more but uh yeah let's let's go ahead and keep keep going then as yes, because we're kind of alluding to what happens next yeah so she she fully like has a moment and, and this is another like good for this woman for acting what is her name hang on we gotta we gotta give her that credit Angela Bullock. Good for Angela Bullock, because she kind of you you can see it in this way. You can almost see the gears turning into her her head of being like, nope, because she kind of she like wipes the tear away. She kind of like fixes her lips, adjusts her like her outfit, and she just kind of like literally shakes it off. And yeah, there's a lot of the party.
1: There's a lot of eye acting going on there, and I think it really pays off.
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, and face acting is some of the hardest acting there is. Visual yeah. acting is not easy. And she done. Yeah, she done did a good here. girl. And that um, also
1: is a testament to the d- direction, because a lot of face acting and eye acting is direction.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, but then we flash forward a little bit to presumably later that night, maybe another day in the short future. Um Every, it, it seems like normal day family is uh, making mom is making dinner uh, Isaiah and his new wife are sitting at the table and uh, she's like hey go get your dad dinner's ready um, and the uh the wife is even like oh hey is there anything I can do to help with dinner and the mom has a moment where she just it's like silent and then she just goes, oh, it's all right. Everything's under control. <laughs> yeah. Is it under control, Joan? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs>
1: also, um, I I kind of want to like b- backstep a little bit. Yes. The scene where the the son goes up to get his dad for dinner, mm-hmm. I think is great direction too. And it kind of comes into play kind of like Chekhov's gun because, uh, this son checks on his dad like from behind closed doors several times mm-hmm. in this, yep. but it really sets up in here how uh, throughout the film, it set up this different power dynamic of this son is coming to get him f- from writing his book, th- which is potentially about what is happening. And yeah. the fact that the son so- might see that and he's freaking out so much sets up so much suspense. And I think that was really well done.
0: Yes, and this is a very unconventional horror movie in that there is not a killer, uh, you know, we're not dealing with anything paranormal, there's no ghost. The horror and the threat of this movie is very human. This is like of the the horror in this is the moral uh outrage that it causes in your brain when you're having to deal yeah. with the, these problems. Um, and I, that's a hard, subgenre of horror to really sell because it can so so easily go goofy and i'm sure there's plenty of people who would argue that this is goofy because of how intense the subject matter is alone but i i really implore and encourage anyone that thinks this might be goofy to really look at it and be like am i is it goofy because it's so outlandish and it's subject matter or is it goofy because like it's humorous and the acting is bad because it's really not it's played yeah. very seriously
1: and, and like like I said, I think it's a testament to the film itself that the scariest thing in this moment is a son checking up on his dad
0: yes, yes absolutely and it's framed like a conventional like horror slasher almost would be because he's like coming up the stairs and we see the the father like trying to frantically close the file out and it's it's kind of funny that like the error code it's just like the file can't be closed. <laughs>
1: Which is like odd, like Like 100% I've never seen an error code say this cannot be closed.
0: Like you you would think they would like maybe do like the pinwheel of death or like, like transparent the screen to make it go a little like to show that it's freezing or something. I don't know. Uh, Or
1: do you know how like on the MS like DOS thing where like where you hit close, it did like the slideshow of it slowly shutting the tab.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Something, something like that, because this, this is a little odd, like just the, any, any other error code other than the file can't be closed. Either way, it doesn't matter. All we need to know, like it, it works. It works for the sake of the suspense of the scene, you know, like the, yeah. the uh, and, and it, it's almost, and it's a good scare too, because he's like frantically trying to close the file and the sun is coming you know we see the shadow the music is growing and then he just appears and he's like hey dad dinner's ready
1: and it's it 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 makes you feel stupid for being scared of it too because it 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 is played off of just like hey yeah come on dad but you know the subject matter behind it that makes it so much worse
0: Yes, yes. And and, and it, uh, we know it shows some books written by Sydney, So we know that he's a poet and an author and we we see that he's writing something. And I, it shows a little bit of the text uh, of his memoir called Cocoon Man, which I'm sure is some kind of metaphor for him being like trapped inside of his shell or something like that. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely like the, the one paragraph we see him writing at the time is like clear a way for him to. Exercise his conscience, maybe not like clear it, or but it's it's clearly guilty. And he's kind of just like, Is it my fault? Is it his fault? Like, what literally, what literally, what do you do in this situation? There's no protocol for this. And it does make sense for him to
1: be thinking like that too, because in his uh situation, like who is the bad guy? Is it him for being con like complacent, or is it the son who is manipulating?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even, and I think there's even an argument to be made that uh, the father could have been the initial abuser in some way. And I, before like the pitchforks come out at me for saying that, I mean that because this movie has enough framework and evidence to make that argument. I'm thinking of the scene later where the son is like, well, what about all the things you, you did? And that could have, that could easily be taken as being complacent and just going along with it or is there more to it we don't so we don't really know
1: so do you think that maybe he did pursue that and you think he maybe got in too deep to the point where he's like oh fuck like i can't back out
0: i i personally like i said i think there is definitely an argument to be made there i don't personally think so i i think i believe the sun was the initial abuser in the situation and the father didn't quite know how to handle it. It was so, so shocking and traumatizing that he just kind of let it happen. And eventually in over time in years, it just slowly spiraled out of control.
1: Yeah. That's kind of where, where I'm at of like, in that situation, you can't really tell anyone that like you're being abused by your son because yeah, like
0: who do you talk to about that you know who like, do you talk to like
1: without be- if having people be like i'm calling the fucking police which in, yeah honestly that should happen but like i get it from his standpoint of like you pretty much have no one to tell
0: yeah and maybe in his head he's thinking uh like what if what if i uh like what 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 if i deny the son whatever it is he's he's trying to go for and then the he's a kid so what if he starts saying things uh and 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 starts vocalizing his feelings and then it makes the kid look like a monster that's his son but then also what if he starts saying super inappropriate things that make the father look guilty and like a monster so there's there's so much and also turmoil that this father is going through throughout this all these years of abuse yeah it's it really just fucking suck like this is not a happy movie this is this is a fucking bummer of right a film.
1: because like like i said if, if he does tell anyone he runs the risk of losing his job his credibility everything because like despite what ha- what he says people will be like he's a child fucker.
0: Yeah, and then what if what if the wife takes the son's side because the wife's going to be like, "No, yeah, my son is innocent, of course he is." And then, you know, like this there's so there's basically no way for this father, Sydney, to win. And it's so taxing. All all of the options are so taxing to even just think about that it seems like I believe based on what the movie has shown me that the that he just his literal best option was to just Fucking Stay deal Stay quiet. With it. Stay quiet and deal with it, and just let it happen. And because the, uh, uh, you know he's putting the problem off. He's he's keeping it internal. You know, so I mean, he. Uh, it's a fucking hard, hard choice, and I, I, it's you can't even. It's it's not even one that I want to sit here and be like, hmm, what would I do if my son was trying to fuck me? Like it, you know, like it's so, just it makes you feel gross. It makes you feel icky. And sometimes that's that's the best horror. I know not everybody is going to agree with that, but I, I mean, this is a very human problem. Unfortunately, yeah. things like this do happen in the real world. And I think this is a really nice and dare I say tasteful approach at tackling such a hefty horror subject.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say tasteful,
0: but I, I know, feel tasteful like... Tasteful feels wrong. To describe it but it, but you know what i, I just mean like, like i feel I, like i, I think said, it it's have been the, so easy to make this comical and not yeah. serious but this is a very straight serious approach to an outrageously terrifying you situation know,
1: i'm gonna hate the wording i'm about to use for this but it is it a, a uh it gives you the material material raw of like this is what this is you know what i mean yes
0: yes and he and and Ari Aster is baking, basically saying, "Yeah, here's a fucked up situation. Discuss, interpret."
1: <laughs> Which is I get why I love his movies because yes, l- yes. we're like what 50, 14 minutes into this into the short. Uh,
0: not even we are eight minutes in when the oh sun appears at the and door. Uh, there's just, dinner's ready. It's so packed. Not even literally not even halfway through the movie. Um. Yeah, it, it's so packed, and and ah, uh, it's. I love the treacherous emotional journey that this movie is able to take you on in thirty goddamn minutes. Um, and we see just more of the controlling, abusive situation that the this family is enduring. Uh, because we are at the at the dinner. It's ready. Uh, the dad. It, it, the dad, the mom, Isaiah, and his wife are eating, and they have this like weird thing where there's like, I guess like waffles, and the son's all like, "Their dad's waffles. Nobody else can eat them." <laughs> and the dad's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm all good. I'm not that hungry right now." And he's like, "But I made them for you, dad." Like it's very unsettling and creepy, and like makes the back of your like just eh, makes you want
1: to which like also says a lot about his family and his wife that he could just act like that. And they're like, ah, it's him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's like a, it's a control thing for sure. And it's like a, he, it's a fucked up power dynamic, not to mention the role reversal of, of him kind of the son treating the father, you know, like, 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 dis- like the son feels the need to discipline the father, which is the opposite of what I actually happens. did write
1: a note about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something I did notice in what
0: happens a little bit later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. But it's it's just even. Uh, we see more into the kids fucked up psyche a little bit, too, because the father is is holding the wife's hand and like having a toast or whatever to the newlyweds and uh, the son is like visibly raging at just the sight of his parents showing any kind of affection aka anyone showing affection towards the father that isn't him and the little fucking shit like, is like tapping the father's foot under the table, like, like rubbing the foot, you know? It's like sick. It's manipulative. It's like, it's like his really fucked up way of being like, all right, I see you, but don't ever forget you're mine, you know? It's just, oh, it's so nasty and gross.
1: Yeah. Like, enjoy this while you can because you're coming right back to me.
0: Yeah. Literally is, is what, and, and there's not really any, any dialogue here. It's all, it's all more visual acting. Hmm. Um. but then after this little dinner scene we flash forward ahead to the middle of the night where we see our father sydney is grabbing his coat grabbing his little book which i think is his uh his memoir that he wrote the cu- the yeah man. the cocoon man mm-hmm. and it seems like he was gonna dip like he was just gonna straight up run away like be done um.
1: I ha- actually have a theory about what he was about to do, which kind of oh. plays into what happens later. Oh, I genuinely think that he wrote the memoir and was about to leave to kill himself.
0: I I mean, definitely.
1: Because you don't. Because like it, in, in my head, at least you don't write down your entire life like that and then just leave for no reason. I feel like he was that was probably like a goodbye thing. Cause he waited till yeah, the wife was in the bath for it.
0: That's true. Like he wait, you know, he's waited till the middle of the night, and, and and um, it does feel, yeah, it 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 feels very goodbye, um, in the way just based on what it is. It it feels like a confession. It feels like
1: uh, but at the same time, know. if I did like come out to my family with all that or to just saying that to anyone i'd probably be in his same shoes of like i want to run the fuck away from this regardless of the reaction
0: yeah like who uh, like i mean yeah it's it's rough and i also forgot to mention too that he slips a copy of the cocoon man under his pillow like and he you know shares a bed with his wife so which I also did
1: write a note down. I just wrote down he could have hidden that book better. Uh,
0: you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> like he he probably could have taken a little extra caution to hide it under <laughs> under the pillow, but at the same time, whatever. yeah, um and then this is now this is a really tense, tense scene, um because the. What happens is is as the father's clearly trying to dip, and the son catches him and is like, "You're not fucking going anywhere." What do you think? Where do you think you're going to? So the father chickens out and kind of goes back in the house and doesn't get to leave. And we see him just sitting alone in his study, and he's like looking out the window, and there's this owl. And I, okay, maybe this is just my stoner brain, maybe. But also Ariaster, man, he's kind of a genius. But I feel like the fact that he's looking at an owl is not by accident you know because hear me out
1: what do you this, think this represents
0: listen okay so this cocoon man memoir that he's writing is like i said kind of like a confession a uh, so, some kind of like goodbye suicide note sort of thing and so he in in the text we see him write. he's asking like who what kind of father would i be to to if i let this continue if i let this didn't continue if i told some, you know he's asking all these questions about what kind of a person he is right in this in this cocoon man memoir what is the noise that owls famously make <laughs> who who it, so it's almost like he's reflecting on who he is and he's like asking himself what who is he like what kind of person is he
1: <laughs> it's a real Jean Valjean moment where he's like, who am I?
0: <laughs> like I said, maybe that's just stoner brain, but I really, Ari Aster, man, he puts so much detail in his movies that I really, I, that's the way I read this, uh, is like him just sort of reflecting on who he is and the fact that it's an owl just kind of further, uh,
1: which like if that was not intentional, that. that's fucking great.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, i i don't know i just i love a detailed mind and aries got it um but then in like and you're so tense because it's like dark and, and it's silent ish and then the fucking doors to his little study that he's in just slowly opens and we see the father like turn around in his swivel chair and the light from the hallway, slowly illuminate his face. And it's like a hella, hella zoomed in close up of his face. Like you don't even see the full head. It's like upper lip to forehead.
1: Which I also love this shot because like
0: it's, it's the shot of the, it is the
1: shot because he's just in his chair and the shadow of his son on the floor. Like it really highlights how much his son just looms over him as this like oppressive force
0: yes and 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 it, and it it's another instance of just really fucking good face acting mm. um and like even in it, it it also highlights the terms
1: of like control like you said like the father son roles have flipped which yes which is again highlighted later on in the same scene where he says next time i w- it won't just be a slap on the wrist uh,
0: yeah which is like uh what does that mean you know <laughs> like that and unfortunately we get to see what it means later. Uh, this, this movie really took some bolts and and like, in it's reason it's things like this, why this movie could never ever get made today, at least not in the same way that it was made at this. Point. I think it's
1: perfect as a short, I think it, yeah. there's not much you could do at a feature length. Agreed. I think everything that it was trying to do and say was probably done all pretty well in the 30 minute time slot. it had, but yeah, I, I think that this this shot specifically is like the money shot of this short. Agreed. Like whenever like if I it, think if about it was a
0: feature film. This would be like the poster shot. This would be like easily. It's that shot.
1: If this is what the shot I think about when I think about this short, because again, like I, it really highlights the the control that the sun has, which you will never see in anything.
0: Yeah. and And it's. Uh, it's in it it makes you as like an audience member feel like just dread because you're like fuck, what is this man gonna do like we've seen that he's capable of pretty heinous right unspeakable it, things so you're like because what? it just it's makes fucking happen
1: because it just makes this the father character just looks so tiny especially at the angle that this is at
0: yes yes it's at this like uh uh top down almost like uh, uh, a Resident Evil fixed camera angle. It's like so wide uh, out, and it looks like you're almost like watching. You're, it looks like you're a fly on the. That's what this movie is. You're a fly on the wall into this family. You know, like you're not really seeing the movie through any one person's perspective. You're just, you're just a fly on the wall. And this shot really highlights and emphasizes that. Hmm. Um. But yeah, the the sun, uh, comes in. With a copy of his memoir, The Cocoon Man, and sorry, the gay cuntiness in me really appreciates that he just opens sentences with a roast. He's like, you know, for a poet, I would have expected more eloquence. <laughs> 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 That's what I mean. Like, there is some humor to this, but it's for the most part played pretty seriously. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's. <sighs> this this whole movie just does not let up because the son has a insanely manipulative conversation with the father and it's it's just more instance of him being such an aggressive abuser uh because he's like telling him he's like essentially the the conversation boils down to like this memoir is bullshit because like regardless of whether or not you feel ashamed now you've let this happen for all these years
1: which, like, this happens a few times, even, like, later on in this short. I want to know where the fuck this kid learned to gaslight.
0: Um, Truly. Um, yeah, you're... <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's also, like, he straight up is like, I love you, Dad, but you make it hard. Which is, like, holy fuck. that That sentence... With any two people is rough alone. Right. And and coming from a son to a father that is so fucking hard to hear and rough. And but then you add the subject matter of this movie and this situation. And it's just like holy fuck. Which, like
1: again, (laughs) that's another instance of the role reversal because you would normally hear that kind of shit from your dad of like, well, I love you, son, but like this made it really hard
0: yeah yeah and it's so easy to give a line like that to the stereotypical abusive character you know like yeah because it would have been easy to give this line to the to a to a father character and then be like oh that's clearly the abusive dad character of this movie yeah but when that is not what this is
1: yeah when you flip it it feels much more gross
0: yes and it's it's just oh it raises all these moral questions that i love when a horror movie is able to provoke such thought Mm -hmm. and and he's like and the father's like i'm sorry and the son's like sorry for what for this biography that you wrote and and it's like fuck dude like he's the son is just grilling the father and it's so hard to sit through because of how intense it is and then you add the subject matter and you're like damn and uh the conversation ends with the uh, uh the son Isaiah being like fucking burn this shit. And I don't ever want to see another copy of this laying around again. Because he, next and, time
1: it won't be a slap on the wrist.
0: Yeah. And that's where you're just like, huh, what does that mean? What does that mean? And, and we very like, graphically down, get to see what it.
1: happens, what he means.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing where I'm like, this movie could not get made today. And it's, it's, oh it's just hard it's hard to explain and it's hard to hard to talk about um but we just see more now and now we're about halfway in halfway through and we see it's uh uh the holiday with the cheering and the the time change new years it's new years day and uh the uh, uh, there's a party incidents going on and we see the son isaiah making out with his wife but the whole time his eyes are wide open just staring at dad over there right (laughs) uh cut to post new year's party where the everybody's cleaning up and the son isaiah breaks a glass out of like frustration and anger and the wife is obviously concerned, like, yo, what's going on? Oh my God. And if I were
1: her, I would have been like, what the fuck did I just marry?
0: Yeah, it's quite a red flag. And and who knows if the wife has any idea of what's going on or even a suspicion. And frankly, I don't care. There's so much going on in this movie. I do not have time or the mental capacity to think about the wife's emotions. Yeah.
1: I think if anything, <laughs> that's, that's she's put pro- off. Yeah. I think if anything, like she's probably like. She probably has the suspicion of, like, I feel like I'm being used, but not, she doesn't understand to what extent.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see what you're saying. And, and uh, like I said, I just, I don't even have time to think about the wife's emotions. There's so much heaviness going on in the, in the, matter. right. But, um, he tells her, he's like, you know, I think I'm going to stay here and help, uh, my parents clean up. We, it's so messy. We've left him with such a mess. And the wife's like, uh, uh, okay kind of odd you also just like broke a glass like i don't know how i feel about this but i guess she just she just goes home and and he tells her he's like uh you know i'm gonna be home late and this is where we get uh probably probably the most graphic scene in the movie easily Um, easily sydney is in his in the bathtub and he's like got his little headphones on listening to um I don't know what he's listening to. Actually, I
1: think it's like some sort of self-help tape.
0: That's what I was thinking too. I was like, that's what, that's what in my head, like I thought it was. And I don't know if the movie actually shows that, but, it, or like. But
1: I think yeah. that actually, I think it does show like the cover of it. And I think that's the little directorial like cameo on there.
0: Oh, work, work, work. Love that. Love that. But um, yeah, the, the sun is like trying to, br- the bathroom door is locked and the sun is like, banging on the door it's like open the door and at first he doesn't hear him because he's got his headphones on listening to this thing and then excuse me um, bless you <laughs> thank you uh and he the kind the father kind of freezes in place and the son fully kool-aid man's the door down <laughs> <and busted. laughs> like it is it, it, that like he breaks wood man like he is angry he busts that fucking door down. Like, literally, he breaks off a panel of wood. It's it's intense. I hope he paid for that. I wonder if it was intentional. Like, was the set <laughs> designed that way, or did uh, the actor, whose name is Brandon Greenhouse, really kick that door so fucking hard that it just broke the set? Either way, it's impressive. I need answers. Yes, it's impressive. But, um... Uh, it, especially impressive because if it was accidental, he just kept acting. He was like, yep, that's on character. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is pissed off. Hulk smashes the door down and he then proceeds to, well, there's no light way of saying it folks. He proceeds to rape the father. Mm. And it, uh, what we as an audience see is the mother alone in the bedroom watching uh, a show to which she is like clearly like uh she knows what's going on. Like you can see it in her face that she is petrified, but she chooses to ignore it and just turns the TV up louder.
1: Which uh, also this is what I had a problem with because uh, I, it's just a little like continuity thing or it, it just a little nitpick I had of. Yeah. I think it's perfectly right for the mother character to be angry and disgusted and choose not to do anything. But as we saw with her when she found out that her husband and her son were doing things, the dad was clearly not interested in what was happening. So like I don't understand how like she could see that and just still choose not to do anything about that because he was very yeah. clearly not into it. So that's just that like a little gr- a little gripe from me, but I think but I she really could have it- helped him if she gave it she gave him a chance.
0: Uh gave the father a chance?
1: Yeah, of like hey, I saw what happened, like let's talk oh, about yeah. it.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also I I think this kind of uh further begs the question of how is how long has the mom been putting up with it you know right because for all we know this is this is like a tuesday occurrence for them we don't know and she's like oh well i guess yeah time to spend the tea you know if this has been going on for years or is it is she now now that she's seen it she knows the horrors of it and just can't handle it so she just she turns that blind eye yeah it, it It's pretty much it's very wrong either way you look at it, but it does paint some moral clouds over this woman
1: to which I think
0: with dark moral clouds. But
1: to which I think to her credit, I think that maybe she does think because it is her son, she might think that her husband initiated this because I don't know if you caught it, but like at the very end of this very graphic scene. Like it cuts back to the mom and she has a smirk and it kind of feels like he's getting what he's getting. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, I don't know if I've ever noticed that before. I OK, you know, I think I know what you're talking about. And I, I have always just kind of interpreted that as her just kind of trying to fake a smile through. But that that is like a good take. On I've never I did not think about it that way. Um, Interesting take. I like to hear it.
1: Yeah that that's just a little gripe for me of like I don't know how you could witness that see his reaction and then just not automatically think like he's he's the victim.
0: Yeah, people are people are fucked up, man.
1: Yeah, but I um, I understand as graphic as that is, I could also see her just like being like what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck?
0: Yeah, like frozen in fear because there's it's 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 a rough 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 and tough situation. Yes. And uh the the actual rape scene itself, luckily, is not too visually gratuitously graphic, you know what I mean? Like they don't show anything that would maybe uh I'm trying to think how to work. It, it's not
1: graphically like, triggering.
0: It's not graphically triggering, it's it's but it is still like horrific and quite and yes. graphic in a in a symbolic way because it it, all we see is the father's hand like just just gripping the the ledge of the bathtub for like dear life and briefly out of focus we see the son like it's so gross and like just uh it makes me so uncomfortable because like the son didn't even bother taking off his clothes he just like pulled his pants down got into the bathtub so he's just like dripping wet and just like pulls his pants up and as he's walking away so just says put that in your book like gross it's it's a lot and honestly shout out to this actor for playing such a despicable character because how do you read this on a script and go yeah I'm game for this (laughs) right like you know but um yeah, I it, and, and it really I, I'm glad all the actors were on board because it, it's needed to sell a premise like this.
1: I like I honestly I'm surprised any of them said yes to this.
0: I, I, I really I wish there was some more. I, I want more backstory on this. I need Ari Aster to produce a making of a strange thing about the Johnson's doc. I would watch that. I would watch it, too. Um, it'd probably be longer than the actual movie. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to the father laying down in bed who's just horrified like petrified literally is like like death rattle scare face he's just a husk Mm-hmm. literally and then he he rolls over to the wife who's laying next to him and d- if i remember correctly doesn't she also have this like petrified face so like they're both Lying awake at night, but it's it's for different reasons. But at the same time, it's not. It's just yeah. They're uh, definitely both.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely both awake. I can't really gauge her face on it, but he's definitely like he he's retreated into the quiet place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. into the sunken place. The
0: sunken. But I knew. Yeah, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Um. Yeah, it's it's rough and they're they're both just devoid of soul at this point but the sydney uncovers a secret hidden copy he had of the cocoon man that he hid under the floorboards how very telltale hearts of him uh and he takes it and starts creeping down the stairs to try and leave again but once again isaiah is sitting in the living room wide awake and catches him as he's trying to leave
1: Honestly, another horrifying scene because it—it's it, a shot of the the father character walking down the stairs, and it cuts to where the son is, but he's not even in the frame. It's just yes! his hands. Oh my
0: god! Such a good style. Like you just—you oh, don't see movies like this anymore, and I just I love. Yes, he's. It's literally. Mm. it's it's the empty living room and you know he's in there and you hear his voice so you like think like oh he's probably sitting in the corner but yeah he's not even in frame and this scene as horrific and hefty as it is is just such a good scene to showcase this actor uh isaiah's actor the greenhouse guy brandon greenhouse uh acting chops and it kind of sucks that he I'm surprised he didn't, like, do more acting after this because he is, like, selling it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he is, like, crying. His voice is, like, shaking in the right ways. You know, you really believe that this is a real character who has convinced himself in some kind of psychosis that what he's doing is okay and that he (laughs) there's nothing wrong with having a sexual relationship with his father.
1: Right, like, the... (laughs) I wrote one, like a few things about this scene. Like yeah, the fact that telling. where he yeah. says, Am I an abusive monster and you're some sad, helpless victim? I said, Yes, you're correct.
0: Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Uh,
1: like, I hate how he gaslights his dad, but like at it, the same uh, time, it's a great characterization of his character because it highlights how far gone he is in his own head and to what ends he's justified in his brain that what he thinks he's doing is a good thing
0: yes yes and it's uh, uh, that's what i mean like this actor all of them are just selling it And, and and even even sydney here who's just like Uh, Like not really like rolling his eyes, but you can see in his face that he just has that mentality of like, oh, my God, I can like I'm about to pass out. I cannot handle this right now. Mm -hmm. So he just dips down the stairs, runs out the front door and uh, pretty conveniently to his point, a car is coming and he jumps in front of it.
1: Honestly, probably the most beneficial thing to happen to him in years.
0: (laughs) I mean fuck like how do you how do you live how did he live like this and even like the
1: the son like mm -hmm. how does he live like that how does like his brain must be in great shape for all the fucking mental gymnastics he does every single day
0: (laughs) i mean you're not wrong uh, but he he goes, yeah, the son chases after and he's like, oh my God. And he's like hold consoling the body. And then the mom comes out shortly after, and he does not let up. He's like, like the mom is goes to help, and he's just like, Don't touch him, go call a fucking ambulance.
1: Which also like great, great crying acting here from the mom. I i love yeah, the I agree. I like- think
0: the mom's crying acting is phenomenal yeah. in this movie.
1: Which it, this, I don't know what the fuck Ari Aster does in every single movie. He gets his actors to cry. And I'm like in the most convincing way.
0: And it's so funny because he's one of those directors that they're like, yeah, he's a pretty cool, dude. He just and, and like you look at pictures of him and you're like this. This is the guy. This fucking. These- guy. <laughs> um. But and and then in the the cycle of trauma continues because we cut to Sydney's funeral and uh, Joan, the wife, the mom, is sitting there completely just devoid of emotion, a shell. And, and, and to the spectators here at this funeral, you know, they think, oh, she's obviously grieving because she just lost her husband. But in reality, it, it's that for sure. But also the fact that the burden of this guilt, this shame, this secret now lies with her and mm-hmm. only her. And I- and it's only going to get worse because now the son has – there's literally no one left for him to abuse, and we know that he's going to continue. So she basically knows that she's – she basically knows that she's never, ever, ever going to be able to live a happy life ever yeah. again. And, not and that I, she could before really, but now she just really is like, yeah, there's no chance at happiness
1: yeah. And I think that the funeral scene also really highlights like her character of, of, of like, you can see in her eyes, like she's piecing it together.
0: Yes. Yes. And she, and, and she's, and I'm sure she's now okay. backtracking being like, if I would have said something all those years ago, would it, would it, would things have gone differently? And and could I really believe that my son could be a monster like this, like all that shit, you know? Mm. Um, And then after the funeral, the, <laughs> uh son and just uh, more psychotic tendencies like goes up to the father's room and steals like a sweater out of his drawer and puts it on
1: which I like I genuinely can't even put together what the fuck that even is about is it like an obsessive thing does he want to be uh, like his dad like I
0: I think it's I think it's an obsessive thing and and, like he can't let him go so you know it's like mm. a piece of him you know uh, it's it's definitely fucked up but then <laughs> the scene is actually, this this moment is actually kind of humorous because the mom uh kind of slowly walks up the stairs quietly and then she just goes uh what does what she what does she ask um she she's sta- she's standing at the top of the stairs and then you know it's like it, the camera is like zooming in on him looking at himself in the mirror with like his taped up picture of his dad right there wearing the same shirt and then all of a sudden we hear the mom's voice just go I want to ask you something and he turns around so quick and he just goes, how long have you been standing there? (laughs) It's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's, it's like, oof, you're, um, and, uh, you know, he's. And like
1: that scene's kind of terrifying, not in the sense of like, you just got jump scared by the mom, but like she's kind of risking a lot by asking him that because it's like, what the fuck is he going to do right now?
0: Yeah, and she and she's and this is a big moment because she's finally chosen to co- to confront him about this. I mean, this is years of 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 a guilty conscience coming out in this moment because she's not yeah she's not afraid. She's just gonna do. But also, what does she have to lose? You know, right? Like so, she's
1: lost everything at this point.
0: And she and she asks, "Why was your father crying on your prom night?" And the son is like, what? What? What are you talking about? And she's like, on the night of your prom, your father drove you home, and the entire night he cried with the sink running. And she's like, is that when it started? And the the son is still kind of like playing it coy, like, oh, I don't quite know what you're talking about, but also like, I don't like what you're insinuating, and I don't like this tone that you're taking with me. Another sense of the discipline role reversal, and. Mm-hmm and she's even like no it started before that i i know it did and so that's why it's like yeah like that she's she's had suspicions for a while to what extent we don't quite know but um she's definitely felt some type of way for some time
1: right and actually i do love this dialogue a lot because it's good. it again like it highlights how he thinks he still has all the power here but since his f- father's no longer there to be be manipulated. Th- his tactics don't work anymore because he's forgotten what it's be like. What it is? Sorry, he's forgotten <laughs> what it's like to have to be told what to do, and hasn't realized yet that he has nothing to manipulate his mom with because she hasn't. She has nothing anymore. She's lo- like she has nothing left to lose. Right, and I mean, he can't. He he can't convince her that this is a good thing. And when it's clearly not and it just builds and it bubbles up and it finally pops when he realizes that nothing's going to work. And he just says, I love him better than you ever have.
0: Oh yeah. And it's like, damn. And like, how, how could you follow that up with a line of dog? Di- There's nothing to follow up a di- line of dialogue like that other than a slap truly uh, like so that's
1: justified.
0: Yeah. She, she, she slaps him and she slaps him twice because she says, Uh, like for that line and then she's and he says like i'm warning you and then she slaps him again she's like you don't warn me like you know like uh it's so rough and that's and then he slaps her back and then it goes into this fight scene and the whole time i'm just like this is so this mentally taxing because it's like that's her son but at the same time he's this grotesque monster of a person and so it's just there's so much coming to and he needs in like you said he's 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 gaslighting tactics. He's like, he's like, I, you don't even know what you're trying to say, and she's like, oh, I know exactly what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and and, and more is just great acting from this woman. What was her name? Uh, uh, Georgina or something? Fuck no, it was something else. Uh, uh, Angela, Angela Bullock. Bullock. That's her. Yes, good for her. Um, just good for Angela. Really. You get if I were in charge of the Oscars, you'd get one in 2011 for this. Truly. Um, But then we get into the kind of final the I mean, this is the finale scene here, but, you know, there's a pretty uh, crazy fight scene, considering it's a mother and her son, Uh, you know, they're they're like uh, slapping each other around, I think I think it's well acted And, and he there's a point where he tries to shove her face into the fireplace that's lit nearby. Um, But luckily the mom gets a good shot off at a kick on him and then is able to pick up a fire poker and just bashes him repeatedly screaming and like wailing. And this is one of those moments where I'm like, maybe a little music could have helped because it's like a little like cringy the way she's just like, ah, ah. Uh, like as she's like repeatedly stabbing him with a fire poker, you know, but it still is. It, it doesn't take away from it for me because it's still effective that it's like, damn, she's killing her son right now.
1: Yeah, I, I actually kind of disagree. I, I I do agree. It's a little bit cringy like that take they used. I think they yeah, that's what I mean, like that to- specific, yeah.
0: very specific moment. In-
1: but I think that the moment still works with no music because, again, it's like the beginning of the of the short film. You're you're in that moment with her you're sitting in it
0: and for me personally by far this right here is the most just haunting like gives me chill shot of the movie is the mother just standing in this like horrible posture position (laughs) and just fucking like wailing crying like like oh there's so there's so much uh, like just happening in this moment, like she just killed her son, but this like cycle of abuse is over, and and uh, a lot, a lot of emotion. She's just, it's haunting. It's it's one of those things you just have to see and hear. And it's yeah like for me. Like when I when, this is the this part of the movie makes me. Like, it's this this is the shot that actually spooks me. Like I feel on a deep level. I'm just like. <laughs> and I,
1: I think that's a, a testament to like Ari Aster because. At the end of his movies, you don't come out of it feeling good.
0: No, 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 you do not. He is not like he does not make popcorn flicks. No, (laughs) he makes deep thematic psychological pieces. And I live for them and I will watch that.
1: I also did write a note when she was stabbing her son. I was like, fuck, I get it. Get your angry. You don't need to stab him so many times.
0: (laughs) I see. I, ooh. I'm a big fan of protagonists just beating the shit out of like antagonist. I think. It's, yeah, it's dope. It's kind of funny because for like years, I feel like it wasn't a thing that was seen that often in horror. And there was like lots of moments in horror movies where I was like, dude, beat the shit out of him. Like, why are you stabbing him once? Like, come on, stab him like 20,000 times. But now it's almost to a point where it's a cliche. And I kind of, yeah, which I think is so funny. Uh, but I think but yeah. for
1: the time, like it, it, I, I definitely think it does work. Like despite my note, I do think it does work because it's very cathartic for her. Because you can very yeah. see, you clearly see the emotion draining out of her face. Of like, fuck, it's over.
0: Right, right, and it's it's hard, man. And then in the in the final shots of the movie, we see the copy of the cocoon man go into the fireplace and burn to ashes as the credits roll. Which and, I'm, if I'm yeah, being but-
1: honest, I would not have done that I because how are you going to testify in court aside from self-defense, but still like you need more context
0: there. I almost wouldn't be surprised if. She went on to unalive herself after this because it, it, this is such a tough situation that, like, yeah, it was cathartic in the moment, but d- do you but want time to, to, to log living? out? Yeah, time to log out. Uh, so I, I mean, we, the credits roll here, so we don't know what happens next, but yeah, th- there is, there is a point there that maybe, maybe you should have kept that for epidemic, yeah. but at the same time, this is just so psychologically well, taxing that she's just nope
1: yeah well like you said if you're gonna un- unalive vlog out like if you're just gonna do that might as well just take all the evidence with you
0: yeah you know like it's, and 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 just, to her character she, all these all these years she's been sweeping things under the rug and turning blind eyes so uh, it kind of does make sense for her to continue doing as such
1: yeah to which like yeah that kind of would make sense of like this is such a sensitive topic like i wouldn't know if I would want anyone to find out. So, like, yeah, like, I probably would have thrown it in the fire and then logged out.
0: Yep. So it's, um... Yeah, it is not a fun movie, to say the least. It is definitely a psychological fun house. But, uh... It's definitely
1: a house. Not necessarily fun.
0: That's true. I was thinking just fucked up mirrors everywhere. Like, so many... Like... (laughs) this, this movie forces you to ask yourself so many questions, even if you don't want to, it's like, Nope, we're going to ask them. Mm -hmm. But um, that is Ari Aster's a strange thing, the strange thing about the Johnsons. And I, I, I think it's a good watch. I think it's worth seeing, worth taking 30 minutes of your day to dedicate to and watch, watch it with friends, talk about it. It's, it, it's a make sure your friends are cool with it content. first though yeah yeah uh it could it could definitely i mean there's there's a reason i introduced a, a trigger warning at the beginning because yeah. this movie deals with some hefty not even scented hefty bags just yeah. hefty uh subjects but that is the movie will do you have any final thoughts on this little adventure i think
1: it's fascinating that this I man got work after this.
0: <laughs> not that's that it's bu- who, Like, not that it's bad. It or- went, yeah, let's give this guy some money. He can really go. But no, I, I yeah, I see Like, buddy.
1: Not that it's bad or anything, but just the subject matter is so shocking and taboo that, it, like, but at the same time, like, he came out of the gate swinging with, like, this is the kind of shit I want to make. Nothing I film is going to be cookie cutter garbage. Like it's going to be raw and unsettling to which he definitely did hold true to that with his future films. Like hereditary is one of my favorite horror movies because it doesn't follow the standard horror movie formula. Like it's grounded and real. It makes you feel gross and it confused after watching it. Even like same thing with Midsummer. his move, his movies just make you feel perturbed in a way that's you don't get a lot and it they really start making more sense with re- rewatches but i i i love this short specifically because it subverts the domestic abuse trope because it, like not Watch. to say that a child not to say that a child can't hurt, abuse a parent but just you never see it
0: especially yeah you never see that kind of thing represented in media really it's a very you you see the you it's much more common to see those roles reversed
1: Yeah. And like, because like it, it, it's rare, but it happens. Like sometimes the child can abuse the parent or guardian figure or whoever, but right, it just turns the whole domestic horror genre on its head, which I think he's really masterful at doing,
0: which I'm, he is. And, and I'm so glad he did continue to get work after this because now he's a much more, season director he's he's honed in his filmmaking craft a lot more and i'm just i am i'm am so ready for the next big ari aster movie to be announced because i am uh, the, uh by the time this airs the midsummer episode will already be out you know damn well hereditary is going to get covered on this podcast can't say when but definitely will we are big fans of ari aster here at the debate of the dead pod
1: actually ari aster's next movie was already announced oh do tell it's called Disappointment Boulevard. And okay. uh I think what he called it was um
0: a 4-hour f- long nightmare comedy. Give it to me, Daddy Ari Ari Daddy Aster. I'm I'm here for it.
1: And it's uh the lead actor is Joaquin Phoenix. <gasps>
0: oh ho, 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 ho. i'm intrigued i'm well i'm I, I i'm very intrigued yeah well i'm excited to see more from this man but um
1: me too especially like comedy because like it's weird to say it but comedy and horror kind of go hand in hand
0: i agree oh no yes let's talk about that because i agree that's why you see so much horror comedy and it's because horror is so easy to portray in a comedic light uh um sorry i got a notification sound that i didn't recognize uh so i let me redo that statement It's so easy to portray horror in a way that comes off comedic because if you do something and it doesn't come across as scary, it's most likely going to come across as as funny.
1: Right, and I feel like that's also why, like, you see a lot of like comedy people start making horror movies because
0: definitely,
1: like, like Jordan Peele for instance, hilarious guy, fucking horrifying movies.
0: Agree, and and it's because you you almost have to understand how to offset that balance because a lot of horror movies will sometimes try to lean too much into the comedy and it doesn't work so it just and if it doesn't it doesn't come off as horror it comes off as funny if it doesn't come off as funny it just comes off bad so uh, sometimes people swing too much in the comedy then other times people swing too much in the horror element and don't put enough comedy in which is not necessarily a bad thing but that's also not everybody's thing sometimes you need those right. comedic relief moments to break up the tension and give your audience member a moment to breathe and this this str- the strange things about the johnson is, is a film that does not do that granted no. it's a short film so it doesn't really have time to do that but there are full-length features that are like that where you just do not have a second to breathe. yeah uh, mother comes to mind off the top of my head
1: Yeah. To which, like, I think Ari also, he, I think he's very good at highlighting the funny parts of very clearly unsettling situations. Like the, um, the scene in Midsummer when the guy is, having sex with that red-headed woman oh, in yeah, front of that's... all of those people, and the person right. just comes around and starts pushing his ass, Yeah, like, it's a very clearly unsettling scene. It is not supposed to be funny, but the fact that it just got a tiny bit weirder, pushed it over to the edge of like, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny.
0: It's a, it's an uncomfortable laughter. It's like it's yeah. a laughing at the absurdity, which also uh, that woman did not speak a lick of English and she was she, apparently quite aggressive. Jack Rayner, the actor, went into uh, this an interview where he talks about it because he got asked about it and she's like, and he was like, yeah, that woman uh, didn't speak a lick of English and she just came up behind me and she just pushed, like pushed really hard damn so that's kind honestly of that makes that scene a little bit better honestly <laughs> yeah just <laughs> a little bit a little bit of uh it's a pretty fun interview it's like a half hour interview uh, i think you can find it on youtube would, i'd recommend if you want to yeah he was he was really game for that movie but uh, to not turn this into a podcast about midsummer uh yeah he it was yes ari Aster is a director with signature style and class i know that's r- yeah. wild to say about a movie like this but it's like I said, it's it's handled in a way that is yeah. very serious and effective and not in a goofy, comedic way. Because it right. easily went the comedy route. And I'm glad that it didn't.
1: To which, like, I also think that comedy and fear are almost the same thing. Just kind of subverted. Like, they kind of triggered the same thing of, like, what makes you laugh? It's something shocking. What makes you shit your pants? It's something shocking.
0: And and that's, Yeah. And you have a really good point. And that's why I love the horror genre so much is because there's so much to horror. You know, like there's everybody's afraid of something, you know, whether it's like an internal feel, an uh, an internal fear, an external fear, a uh fear of, of of you know like everyone's afraid of something so there's out somewhere there's a horror movie that can get get to you and like you know there's people that are like oh i'm not scared of anything i you know and i i do that too but at the end of the day there's a movie out there that's going to strike a chord with you in some way shape or another yeah uh if you if you give it the chance to really think about it because everybody's been through something uh rough in life probably yeah i imagine and uh that's what we do when we watch movies we re- yeah. re- subconsciously or not we relate them to our own personal experiences and and compare like okay can i see myself in this situation and when you do that with movies that ariaster creates it, it just it makes you uncomfy and it makes you it, it asks some hefty questions that not everybody's willing to ask or yeah the answer to and sometimes there's not an answer to them which is fine um but and and I think that's why his movies, this one especially doesn't don't work for everybody because they are mm-hmm. so hefty that people just tap out right at the beginning,
1: yeah, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have and would, but I definitely are had- like,
0: if you if you think this movie is bad if you if you just if you don't like this film and think it's garbage trashy whatever and, you, and you've and you seen it and think that fine whatever you know that's your opinion I'm fine with that but if you just tell me it's bad because it's such a crazy subject matter and you're like oh it's this is so stupid because it's so crazy like actually watch it and give it a chance
1: <laughs> yeah like take your blinders off like just go into it don't expect anything just mm-hmm. go in and try to, I'm not gonna say appreciate it because it's very hard to do that but <laughs> Try to think with a critical eye looking at it.
0: Exactly. I, I encourage and, and not everybody wants to do that with movies. I get it. I'm a person that lives, breathes, eats, dies by horror movies. So I, of course, do that with every movie I watch. But and that's why I have this podcast, because I have seen this movie and I think it's asks a lot of questions. And then I think it's a great piece of horror content that I felt like needed some coverage. And I was like, let's fucking talk about it. So yeah, I'm glad Very glad you are able to come on here with me and talk about this. People are going to see a podcast episode about the strange thing about the Johnsons that's longer than the actual movie and be like, what the fuck? But if you're a fan, you're a fan. So I'm sure this will not be a hit episode for everybody but i'm happy i made it i'm happy that this movie exists and i'm happy that ariaster is continuing to get work and i hope his fourth movie uh well i guess a you know third feature film but uh, the one you were talking about the disappointment boulevard but i'm thinking third because this then hereditary then midsummer yeah, anyway, yeah his next feature film is um another knockout because i he's he's nailed it with all the rest so
1: Yeah. And I thank you for inviting me on, by the way, because Ari Aster, I think, is one of my favorite directors because I I wasn't allowed to watch like horror movies growing up. So like I did like a binge of just like all of your like classics, like The Exorcist, The Exorcist, uh, The Omen, all of that, like all of it. And but something that always made me more scared than the just like like in your face like shit was the more toned down stuff of like.
0: Same here. I like need a Ro- human like, story to connect with to really feel like, empathy and emotion for. So
1: the first thing that I think that really clued me into like, oh, I love this genre was Rosemary's Baby. Because there's nice. nothing in there that is overtly scary, but it's like, what's happening here? W- like, It's the tension and the buildup. And I think that Ari Aster has mastered it to an extent that i don't think we've seen in a very long time
0: i agree he he really is just a knockout director um and he's he's really just pulling out all the stunts every time he 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 makes a movie and i couldn't be happier so um but yeah thank thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this little short film with me in the event my lovely listeners want to find more of you where can they locate you at
1: um you can find me on twitter at wilfrick hold on let me see what my actual handle is Mm -hmm. yeah you can find me on twitter at wilfrick with two c's um Or you can listen to my podcast that is on hiatus currently called Cryptid Creations, which I co-host that with my wife, Kayla, who was on here last week, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, it won't be last week. It'll be there'll be a couple episodes in between. But yeah, Kayla was on the Gerald's game episode. Yeah,
1: we have a podcast together. Might be coming back soon. So check it out.
0: Yes. So if you like. Will, go check out the Cryptid Creations podcast. It's really fun. It's not horror movies, but it's in the vein. Of the genre, it's uh, Kayla's a lot of fun. If you like her, go check out the Gerald's Game episode if you haven't already. If you want to follow the podcast for updates and little previews of what the next episode is going to be, follow us on Twitter at d o t d underscore podcast. If you want to follow me and keep up with my drag, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Queen Cream. And this has been. The Debate of the Dead. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for having me. Yay!